Welcome to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry, presented by Boston Women in Media and Entertainment. Sponsored by Tech Help Boston. If you want to get someone's attention, just tell them a great story. If you want to inspire someone, share your success story. And that's what this series is all about. I believe that successful women think differently. And by the end of this episode, I hope you'll agree. Here's a quick question for you. How confident are you when it comes to how you present yourself to the world? It wasn't that long ago when parents played an active role in teaching their children about the importance of respect and good manners. But sadly, those times have changed. Yet the need for civility has never been greater. The woman you are about to meet is the consummate expert on the subject. A graduate of Boston College, she is the founder of Protocol Consultants International, where she specializes in teaching people the kind of interpersonal communication skills that will help them stand out from the rest and succeed. And when it comes to spreading the word about who she is and what she does and why it matters, this exceptional woman is in a class of her own. She's an author, a former TV and radio host, and a columnist. Oh, and she also launched an inspiring series featuring fabulous women called Glass Ceiling Shattered. Also an online video training program at Protocol University, and she has founded the National Civility Foundation. How does she find the time to do what she does. And why is this work so important to her? Well, let's find out. Her name is Judith Bowman, and she's not only my friend, she's also been a mentor to me. And this is her story. Judith, welcome to the show. Candy, thank you so much. How, how did you your, like that introduction? That was amazing. I'm you exhausted. The best introductions. I'm exhausted <laughs> from reading all of your accomplishments, Judith. But I know you. Is it fair to say that you have a deep need to pass on what you know? I actually never thought that my passion and kind of the way I was brought up would ever become what it has. I mean, into books and programs and and now an entire foundation. This is my passion. It's something that I believe in the need. It's something that is very real to me. And that's especially why I embrace my foundation and, and really getting that launched. So I can't so wait excited. to talk to you about that. So, But let's go back because you just mentioned, you know, your, your childhood a little bit. So let's go back to your formative years. Were respect, communication skills, manners a priority in your home? Yes. So in our family, we were all brought up sort of a very formal environment. We were brought up with common manners that gentlemen stand and shake hands and make eye contact. And when guests come into your home, receive them and make them feel very welcomed and take coats. And I was also very good at freshening cocktails <laughs> for parties. So that was all kind of ingrained in all of us, that when I went out into the world, into the, sale, the world of sales and marketing of intangibles, I would be whining and dining C-level types, and I'd be across the table from them, and I would see the what we call the banjo grip. And I thought to myself silently, this is the CEO of ABC company, and they've forgotten how to hold a fork and knife, or maybe they've never been taught. Maybe there's an opportunity. I sort of tucked that away and said, you know, one day I would like to do this. There's a need. The number one rule of sales, 
identify the need and fulfill that need. There's a need to teach, to remind, to reinforce, because we can all be reminded. After my son, Bowman, was born, I did have the opportunity to start the Etiquette School of Boston, teaching the basics of etiquette and dining to children, teens and young adults. So that one-on-one, Candy, I was so comfortable speaking with anyone in a group, Forget about it, as my son says. Forget about (laughs) it. Forget about it. it. (laughs) And so I thought, I'll start with the children. I'll make all my mistakes. I founded the Etiquette School of Boston. In one of my young adult classes, unbeknownst to me, was a young woman who was a reporter who ended up writing a story which landed on the front page of one of our Boston papers, headlining, Local Woman Makes Living Teaching Manners to Children. A couple of really exciting things happened. One, the paper sold out early. Two, they asked me to try sort of a Q&A for one week, which ended up for 10 years for the Pulitzer Prize winning Eagle Tribune Publishing Company. And the third was I heard from three Fortune 500 CEOs themselves basically saying, can you do for our seasoned executives that which you do for the children? So at that point, I think I was seven or eight months into my business. I wasn't really ready to go corporate, but if someone says, Candy, can you do it? You sort of say yes. You check yes or yes. (laughs) Exactly. And kind of figure it out. So I said, sure. And my very first corporate class was filmed at Wentworth College. CBS sent in a film crew from New York. I was told to get together 50 of my closest friends and family. I was literally pulling people off the streets. 50 people at the last minute is a lot of people. We had a mock class at Wentworth, and I was very glad when that first corporate class was over with. And now is the opportunity to go back to children, teens, and young adults. The way I see you now is being a very brave entrepreneur because all these things happened really quickly for you. You've always had this skill and this knowledge, but you had no idea where it might lead you. Exactly. How important is bravery being an entrepreneur? Oh, I think we have to be very resilient. We get knocked down lots of times. And every year, Candy, I would remember saying, can I do this again? And especially in the beginning when you're kind of trying to build your business and build your reputation and your brand and clientele and base. And it's like, really? And it's 24 (laughs) hours a day, seven days a week. totally that. You know, I believe that every job we have teaches us something. Can you walk us through some of your early career choices? We never think that the position we're holding, whether it's a temp job or a real job, right, will ever be something that will long-term get us to the end in our journey, yes? Right. I can tell you that every single position I've held, starting with a line employee as a concierge for the opening of the Hyatt Regency in Cambridge, launched me because in that position, within three months, I was promoted to the assistant manager within three months after that manager. As the manager, at the same time, we were opening the Regency Club level. So I had the opportunity to do what I do best, and I wrote the training manual. And I don't know where this came from, how it was inspired, but I came up with the EESS, Energy, Enthusiasm, Sincerity, and Style, which is the foundation of both my books and all my programs. That was my first job. Yeah. Everything really kind of weaves and wends uh, together to, you know, kind of help us. It's all part of the journey. It's all part of the grand plan and our journey, definitely. Did you ever have a mentor or a role model along the way for you? My mother was always the woman that I sought to emulate. She was the most beautiful woman to me in every way, shape, and form. 
and her grace and her style and her charm and the way people responded to her. And I was always really good friends with her friends who were kind of the same ilk. But in terms of business, I have lots of silent role models. I remember Barbara Walters was a silent role model. Jacqueline Kennedy. Yes. (laughs) You know, so women like that. And I've been struck by so many amazing women, yourself included, Miss Candy, sincerely. I think we all kind of help each other in ways that we don't even know. I am so quick to admire and respect and emulate those qualities in women that I admire. So let's focus on the foundation of interpersonal communication skills, because here we are. We are sitting with you, and you are the consummate expert. So first impressions are everything, right? Absolutely, and that's what we say. It all starts from the very first handshake. Are you making eye contact? Remember that extra two or three seconds of eye contact versus eight, nine, or ten. You know, when I ask in my classes, who comes to mind when you hear the word presence? Who's the first person? It's Bill Clinton, 99.9% of the time. However, President Clinton did not start out that way. And if you remember, when he was running for governor in Arkansas, President Clinton used to sort of stumble and fumble on stairs. And and now to say, you know, the most sought-after speaker and highest-paid speaker in the world. Clearly, anyone can have the it thing. We all need to practice it. And first impressions are critical body language. Our bodies may be sending signals to the world we are not even aware of. Absolutely. Interestingly, about body language, Candy, I grew up and one of my neighbors was Dr. Seymour Fisher. This is in the 60s. Dr. Seymour Fisher wrote the first book ever on body language. So his son, Jared, who's now a very prominent doctor, introduced me to body language through his father's work. I have been aware of body language, and I've been told by Jared that I do have excellent body language and body control, which is so important because our body does convey or betray our secrets, right? Table manners can make all of the difference in the world. And I love the Oscar Wilde quote, the world was my oyster, and then I used the wrong fork. It's so true. In so many interviews, I've been fortunate to have the New England NERA, New England Human Resource Association executives tell me that when you make it to the third interview, which is usually one conducted over the table, breakfast, lunch, or dinner, because a prospective employer wants to assess your manners. They want to know that you're not going to embarrass them in front of clients or prospective clients. And if you're seen doing something as simple as seasoning the food before you taste it, It's a fact. You won't get the job. And the reason is you're making the big decision before evaluating it. Does this require it? Yes. So it's a nuance in in, with respect to food and dining. However, there's always that bottom line business tie-in, which we're quick to point out in every topic that we cover. I don't know whether it was you or another colleague of mine who told me a story about a person who was trying to make a decision on who to hire. And the CEO ended up hiring the person with the better handshake. Was that you who told me that story? I don't think so. Or are you surprised by that? No, not at all. The handshake represents who we are, right? In different types of handshakes. So it's going to tell us if we're limp, you know, limp, detached, clammy, overcompensating the the bone crusher. So the handshake conveys or betrays, again, very powerful information. Making a decision about someone from go is huge. So having a handshake 
is critical. In your training, you talk about earning the right to advance. Judith, what does this mean? Earning the right to advance means assuming a familiarity with someone too soon in the relationship building process. So for example, if we were to meet one-on-one originally, and I did not use an honorific, Ms. O'Terry, and just assumed a Candy Judy's phase, that would be a huge faux pas. You know, there are differences in business etiquette around the world, especially in Asia. Can you give us a few examples? Asia is so rich in cultural nuances. And of course, one's behavior at the outset really sets the tone. Cross-culturally, it's altogether different. And the element of trust, while it's important here in the U.S., is everything in Asia. So Japan, China, colors are important. So if you were to gift something in wrapped in white paper, for example, which we tend to do for weddings and things like that, yes? So white is the symbol of death. And it would be a huge faux pas. So bows are are unlucky. If you gift a pen, it suggests there's a death connotation there. But Japan is so rich and so respectful of timeless traditions. Relationship building is key to business success wherever you are in the world. We all attend networking parties, right? Can you give some advice about the presentation of business cards? Please support our sponsors. They make this show possible. More than 30,000 families and businesses have trusted TechHelpBoston.com since the year 2000. Dave Elmazian, president of TechHelpBoston, with the reasons why. It's really about forging a relationship and having a trusting relationship because your technology is very personal to you. It used to be in the old days that things were private. When you're online, nothing is private anymore. And we want to make sure that that information is kept confidential and with somebody that you trust and you feel comfortable with. You can trust TechHelpBoston.com to keep your computer and systems running right. Call 781-484-1265 or visit techhelpboston.com. That's techhelpboston.com. Having a quality business card, something that truly reflects, represents you and your business, colors that would be appropriate and consistent with the profession that you're in. The font is important to truly look at this card and acknowledge the quality consistency, the title, the impressive title, and really acknowledge this person is huge. So with respect to networking, we all exchange and present knowing that you know the difference. This is an everyday business experience that we should all regard as a huge opportunity to stand apart. Remember, the fortune is in the follow-up. So, so many of us go to the time and take the trouble to Okay, RSVP, the invitation, what to wear, parking, directions, get there. And how many people, how many of us are guilty of showing up, putting in an appearance, and bolting, right? And so we're suggesting please reevaluate that because as Woody Allen and many others suggest, 90% of success is showing up. If that's true, that places a huge emphasis on that 10% of what we do once we're there. I'm going to guess that there are people listening who think that just being yourself, your authentic self, is enough in business and in life. What do you say to that? I absolutely, we need to be true to ourselves and be our authentic selves. However, networking and business means stretching out of our comfort zone on every level. That means with our attire, always dress a notch above. You want to represent yourself, not in the same, on the same level per se, but 
as the consummate professional in your field, just a notch above, not 10 notches above, just a notch. Using your stature, if you're blessed with the gift of height, to speak with someone. And if you're overbearing, to kind of thoughtfully lower your knees. And there are so many opportunities to really distinguish yourself. You know, I think back to the beginning of our conversation, and I'm now coming to realize that interpersonal communication skills are not just how we present ourselves to the world. They're also how we make other people feel. And this is what it's all about, making people feel acknowledged. And this is a huge one for me because we can go out acknowledged, respected, special, valued, all those things. But acknowledged, we as human beings like little more than to feel acknowledged. So how many times have we been in the checkout line or checking into a hotel or a train station and someone's sort of looking down next, yeah. you know, and sort of it's like, excuse me, am I invisible? Like, do I have a name? Do, do I, I matter? Do I matter? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So acknowledging another, showing respect through simple, everyday, ordinary opportunities that we have that present themselves every day to demonstrate that we show respect, know the difference, make others feel special, and in so doing, make us feel pretty special too. Your first book, which is one of my favorites on my bookshelf, Don't Take the Last Donut, New Rules of Business Etiquette, has been sold in 16 countries, translated into 14 languages. Fortune 500 companies have placed your book on their required reading list for their executives. When you do consulting work for corporations, what need do you see? What do they say? Oh, Judith, we need you because... We don't know what we don't know. When I explain to people what I do, we speak to nuances and professional presence to in order to distinguish ourselves professionally. People don't really understand that mm -hmm. until they kind of see it. When we go to a networking event, dressed, prepared, having gone through the list of the names, being able to say a name, a particularly challenging name, perfectly, fluidly the first time, making the eye contact, making others feel special, knowing information to draw them out. They get it. Yes. They totally understand what professional presence and making other people feel acknowledged about and being prepared, showing yourself as prepared is everything. You recently founded the National Civility Foundation and petitioned the governor here in Massachusetts to declare a statewide Day of Civility. Tell me about this initiative and why it mattered so much to you. This was actually has been a dream of mine since Mitt Romney, the gentleman warrior, was our governor. And I approached Mitt Romney at that time and he embraced this. Due to other reasons, the day never materialized. So when Governor Baker was in office, I approached him and asked him what he thought. And I was very fortunate that he embraced this three years ago. And so we'll be celebrating our third annual Massachusetts Day of Civility, which was proclaimed by Congressman Keating during opening ceremonies of the Thanksgiving Day Parade, which is the second largest parade in the country, second only to Macy's Day Parade. So that was our very first initiative. We're very excited that's launched. Education Training Certification Initiative is next. Very excited about the prospect of having Boston Public Schools be our pilot program. We're in the process of funding and corporate sponsors and very exciting things like that. Why does civility matter now more than ever? The country, the world has become so terribly uncivilized, unspeakably civilized. 
I don't even know it. I don't know it from growing up. I don't even know it from five years ago or two years ago. It's out of control. It's spun out of control. I respect all of this wonderful, high technological capabilities and, and advances and our ability to connect us, except what that's done is really kind of backfired in some ways, as we know. Just everyday pressures are, are just too much. And I think that a lot of the release comes through in other ways. So we have a terrific opportunity to really say, whoa, let's step back. Let's all take a great big deep breath and realize what we're doing. I think sometimes we all kind of get caught up in the moment and the brain turns red. And and so to just kind of think about little things. So we'll I'll put things on the website, you know, just something as simple as especially if you're sitting in road rage or traffic. And did you know, if you're sitting there and you consciously turn your lips up into a smile, it tells your brain that you're happy and suddenly you are. Dopamine gets released and you're happy. So something just really simple like that is something that all of us can do. Extending ourselves for another, opening a door, offering a chair, paying it forward on the toll, any random act of thoughtfulness, of kindness, gesture of kindness is huge. And, and it just, matters. It matters. And in so doing, it makes not only them feel pretty, whomever feel pretty good, but it makes us feel pretty good too. Yes. You and I share a passion for bringing exceptional women into the spotlight. Yes. And you did this for years with your Glass Ceiling Shattered series, which focused on fabulous women CEOs. What did you learn from these women? And can you talk a little bit about those experiences? Oh, my gosh. I was so blessed and so lucky. I met the most wonderful, the most accomplished women who were so forthcoming about their journeys that it was truly an honor. I went to Karen Polito first, and Lauren Baker was gracious enough as well to, but these women were just so forthcoming. Karen Kaplan, who started as a receptionist for Hill Holiday and became the CEO, is so inspirational. Another woman who used to live in the West Coast and wanted to come to Boston and made all arrangements to have her family taken care of while she was here so that she could work in her high-powered position. So we tried to do this with women CEOs with Boston roots. And so Christy Hefner, interestingly, went to school here, which was fun. I got some sort of scoops on her dad and some interviewing. Mika Brzezinski was here, who's fabulous, was here for Know Your Value Day. Mika Brzezinski, as you may know, used to be an anchor on one of the major networks and lost her position. She was, I think, let go. She was fired and hadn't worked in a couple of years. So you can imagine if you get a call, if you haven't worked in a couple of years from someone like Joe Scarborough, who used to be the former governor of and said, I'm thinking about starting a morning show. Would you like to be my co-anchor? Can you imagine saying anything other than Yes. yes, right? <laughs> so Mika said yes. They were on the air together for two or three years. Until that time, it had never surfaced, and it was discovered that Joe Scarborough was making three or four times what Mika Brzezinski was making. And she was horrified. However, her story is, shame on her, she never asked. She never negotiated. 
She never even thought to. She was so thrilled to have been asked. Mika and Joe Scarborough offered to pay her the difference personally. Of course, they're married now, but this was all before that. <laughs> I love this, you know, inside. What a great story. story isn't it? Yeah. It's so inspirational. So Mika wrote a book. It's all about knowing your value and encouraging women to really step up and not be afraid to ask, to negotiate, to fight on their own behalf respectfully. You know, when you hear these stories, and this has been my experience over my career, these women are so willing to share everything that they know because they pass it on for the next person to learn from. Absolutely. I mean, these women were just so terrific. What's yes. the best piece of advice, Judith, you've ever received in your life? The best advice was actually something I was never taught, but I've learned later. It's the best advice that a mother can ever give her daughter. And that is to tell her daughter that the most important decision she will ever make is the man she marries, because that person will help alter and change her life, their lives forever, regardless of the direction. Are you playing up? Are you kind of going down in this? Is it sort of you're going different ways? That decision is the most important decision a young woman can make, any woman can make. Obstacles are hard for all of us, and sometimes it takes a while to get around them. When an obstacle is in your path, how do you get around it? The first obstacle that I had was launching my business and trying to convince schools that there was a need to teach the children. And I would get doors slammed in my face and phones in my ear, and I said, well, if they don't think their children need this, then I will go in the back door. I'll go in the chimney. I'll come in the basement door. And I did. And I ended up going to the parents through PTAs. And I went to networking events. And that's how we got started. So you just went around until you got to where you exactly, wanted to be. Exactly. Exactly. Judith, the name of the show is The Story Behind Her Success. How do you define success? Success is a very personal thing. It's an emotion. It's a feeling. It has to do with self-confidence. Unfortunately, in our society, success for men, probably more so than women, has to do with monetary. But success should be and is, I believe, more so. It's a really a feeling of accomplishment and what it is that you've overcome. And more importantly, how you've done so. Have you done so ethically? honestly, respectfully, so that your reputation, your brand is something that you're proud to shine. That's really important. How can our listeners get in touch with you? Buy your books, your training videos, get certified as a protocol consultant. Tell them how to reach you. Thank you. So my email is judith at protocolconsultants.com. I want to say thank you so much for being our guest and telling your story on the story behind her success. Thank you. What a pleasure and an honor, Candy. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry. This is a series with one goal in mind, to shine the spotlight on women doing great things with their lives. We hope these weekly stories will motivate and inspire you. If you'd like to suggest someone for Candy to interview, she'd love to hear about it. Connect with her anytime on Facebook, Twitter, and her website, CandyOterry.com. That's C-A-N-D-Y-O-T-E-R-R-Y.com. You'll find all of these links in the show notes. What's your story?